0: Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast I am your host, Kelsey Loisel And with me today is my co-host Who is cantankerous and impetuous
1: Cantankerous and what is it?
0: Impetuous
1: Impetuous This is Mark Salcido Cantankerous sounds like I have a cold sore Yeah, you have canker sores (laughs) So what's, what's what is can, what is
0: kinkasaurus? <laughs> <Cantangorous> <laughs> is bad-tempered, argumentative, and uncooperative.
1: No, that's not. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh my God, that's not me. <laughs> what's the other one? Poontang.
0: <laughs> impetuous.
1: <laughs> what's impet- impetuous?
0: Acting or done quickly and without thought or care.
1: This sounds like I'm a one-minute man now. Wow.
0: No, that sounds like <laughs> you throw wet towels on the bed and leave them there all day.
1: Do I? Yes. No, I don't. Yes, no, do. that's a goddamn lie. You do. No, 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 no. no I don't. I, ha- I either hang my wet towels up or I throw them in the in the uh, dirty hamper.
0: You leave them there for long enough to get the bed wet or damp.
1: Oh my god! Thirty seconds.
0: No. Actually, you know what? No. Now you hang them up, but for a while no. you were not.
1: Yeah, but you see, now you do that. Now you put your wet towels on the bed. I'm
0: like, I know. Now oh. I do that. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: I can do what I want. It's
0: my apartment. So. Yeah, I
1: know. What is it? Do what I say, not do what I do? No, or do, do as it, I say, do not as I do. Yeah, not as I do. Yes, hi, everybody. Smarks, I'll see going Kelsey's getting a sip of water. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a baby outside <laughs> just crawling around. <laughs> or are
0: you snoring? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a baby outside.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, you want to you read off the social media? You want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Real Appeal.
1: <laughs> oh, crap. She one of her laughing fits again. <laughs> We're at The Real Appeal at, at Gmail. That's no, real. Two e's. Yeah, two in e's in real. That's, yeah,
0: that's what I was trying to say before I started laughing.
1: Yeah, you, you thought for the, no reason. You thought the real was real funny. No, I thought <laughs> I was talking
0: funny, and then I made myself laugh.
1: No, because I'm a psycho. <laughs> no, you're good. You're okay. okay. You're okay. Don't worry. You're doing fine. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Uh. Okay. After, you know, you visit us and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, we would also like to be Reviewed on iTunes
1: Gotta get them five-star
0: reviews Yeah Mm -mm. Um, and then This week we're gonna do it a little differently We Mm -hmm. have Rebooting Westworld Which we're gonna do first And then we're gonna do Our, um That's our recent review of Alex Garland's devs
1: Yeah, uh, so it's gonna be probably A short episode, but, um Kelsey and I had finished the, the uh, limited series, and we just started assessing over it, and we thought, "Fuck, we got to talk about this." And
0: it's the first time we've done a series, which I've kind of been wanting to do. Like, yeah. Sometimes I feel limited by the movies, and I want to do like an amazing TV show. TV show, like, yeah, like, like watch it all and then just fucking talk about it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have mind if we were able to do that for uh, for Watchmen. Mm-hmm. but it, we broke it down like episode by episode that, so i, I think still that f- one
0: was better episode by episode yeah this one i don't know that it would have been better that way
1: oh if we broke it down like that yeah yeah i can see that yeah that totally yeah. makes sense yeah so that's gonna be um that's pretty much the segments for this week folks um don't worry next week we got uh we're gonna go back to the old format.
0: Uh, the, the
1: new old format the new or, old format the covid 19 format yeah <laughs> that we're doing now uh but yeah don't worry about it so um we hope everybody had uh everybody listening has checked out devs if not go <laughs> I thought ahead you were
0: just going to say has checked out <laughs> yeah
1: hopefully everybody checked out this podcast and we're just talking to each other now
0: <laughs> oh my god we're talking to each other Yeah.
1: um yeah but if you guys haven't checked out devs we highly recommend um that you uh, guys, check it out. Or Guys and gals. Or Cara, as Carol Baskin says, uh cool kittens ki- and kittens.
0: Cool kittens and kittens? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, cool cats and kittens. Cool cats and kittens. That sounds weird now.
0: Because that wasn't right.
1: I know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you guys haven't watched Devs, hit pause. Go watch Devs. The entire series is on Hulu. It's about eight episodes. I think it is eight episodes. About eight episodes. Um, It's a phenomenal watch. Watch. It's a phenomenal watch. Um, You're
0: trying to say, like, white. (laughs) It's a phenomenal white. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, you know, stop listening. Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. Like from the top, we're just gonna just start talking about it. Yeah, if like from end to end, from end to end. So yeah, so I had to say before Kelsey said something else.
0: And the there's something else that I'm gonna say is let's get into rebooting Westworld.
2: Bring yourself back online. This
0: week's episode is called Past Pawn. Um, it is the second to last episode.
1: Yes, the penultimate episode.
0: Yes. I only learned <laughs> that word like two years ago.
1: <laughs> I I, when did I, find I think I learned that word from either Game of Thrones or... S- no, Watchmen. Actually, it was Watchmen because every time I would uh, listen to Decoding Westworld... With uh, David Chen and Joanna Robinson of uh, Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. they would they wanted to say the penultimate episode. I'm like, what is that?
0: Oh, I'm so
1: gonna use that now.
0: <laughs> um, of course, it has all of our usual actors. Um, it was actually directed by Helen Shaver. I don't know if anyone knows who that is. Probably not. Okay. Um. The only reason why I think about it every time, mm-hmm. okay. So there was an episode that someone else had done, but she also did an episode of something else we were watching at the same time.
1: Helen Schaefer?
0: No, not her. It was someone else. Okay. Um. So now I really pay attention to the to, to the directors. Oh, okay. Because I want to see what names pop up. I'm like, oh, if I really loved this episode, and they pop up somewhere else. Hmm. I don't want to know what else they're doing.
1: She's normally known for an actress. I'm checking out her filmography right now. Uh, her main her main back is is a uh, is an actress.
0: Oh, that's good. I li- I always like it when people step into a different role.
1: Yeah, that's that's always great, especially when um, people who are actors who get into directing, they kind of know a little bit more of the craft because they can, um, they can. Uh, well, she she's been directing from what I'm seeing her filmography. She's been directing for a while, um, but like when I was taking a film course at a school one teacher told me he said if you really want to understand directing understand acting because you will get yourself in the mindset of an actor because mm-hmm. you know sometimes communication doesn't translate so well directors get frustrated actors hate each other actors end up a director blah 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 and each other yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um what did you think of this week's episode is there anything you want to say to kick it off?
1: um Okay, honestly, this was like, this was like an exposition dump episode. Yeah, like straight up exposition dump. Like this is the plan. This is the reveal. This is what's happening. This is this and everything. And no lie, it was like a lot of information to kind of throw it, throw at me. I don't know if the of other audience mirrors felt like that, but by the end of the episode, my mind was like, you know what? They need to end of the season because I'm just not like it. There are a few episodes this season that. They were really you, good. They were really good. Maybe like one or two episodes, but everything else was just kind of like, all right, point A to point B. Now to point C. Now to D. Now to
0: E. I think they did that on purpose. Not like to make it <clears throat> kind of droning on, but mm. uh, <clears throat> it's still more interesting than other shows. Yeah, that's true. But uh, because people had an issue with the time and how they were portraying things before, yeah, I kind of feel like they did that on purpose now because um since they feel like they have to go from point a to point b and that's obviously what people want yeah and that's not their style
1: yeah uh, jonathan nolan and lisa joy they well especially like jonathan nolan he likes taking his time when it comes to like developing stories and lisa joy as well because they did a show together i think called person of interest um but they a lot of a lot of people were complaining about the second season they lost like a lot of viewers so they had to change up the format um surprisingly the way how this season plays out you swear it's like the final season yeah and uh like what a few days ago they announced that there's a fourth season coming out
0: yeah which i'm actually kind of glad about i'm sitting here Mm. like i heard that and and i'm like Okay, let's just get to that one already. Like, let's get to that one. <laughs> yeah. Plus, maybe Maeve will actually fucking not die every single fucking episode or turn off.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that part uh, a little bit more in detail. Um, but there was a, a bit of news that I found out about uh, the deal that Jonathan Nolan and Alicia Joy had made. Um, apparently, HBO paid the two up front for six seasons and from my understanding HBO is just like yo I paid you for six seasons you're going to do six seasons really and like i said this is season 4 um they might try to milk it up for season 5 and 6 but i don't like i said the way how this season's playing out i don't like i don't know what the fifth season would would be on cuz this this seems like this is like a, a uh, like a, a, se- a season ender
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah All right. So the episode starts off where we're in, uh, I believe we are in Berlin. I can't remember the location. And we see Musashi, who's now Soto, uh, the leader of the triad. Um, So here's one thing I had picked up that um, or I had had to really really rethink about. So um, Musashi gives um, one of his henchmen this box. It says, make sure it reached to Berlin. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the two, maybe three episodes prior, Serac had said that there are multiple Dolores. Like, after he figured out, like, Dolores is here. I think it might have been last episode, actually. Um, there's a Dolores in San Francisco, Dolores in Japan, blah, 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 blah. And he says there's a Dolores in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So when Musashi says, make sure it gets to Berlin, most likely that's going to go to that Dolores. Because there is still one more Dolores out there that we don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so uh right off the top um once again I I, I I like i said i like to give credit where credit's due. um like i said i listened to Dakota and westworld so some of the stuff that i listen to them say i'm like oh i didn't really think about that i kind of like start getting my own opinions on it joanna robinson did say that she has a theory of who of who is going to show up in the uh, next episode as mm-hmm. the new dolores and so far she's been spot on. She uh she was able to guess who shows up in this episode. Um, uh, supposedly it's gonna be Clifton Collins Jr.
0: Mm-hmm. He's the
1: guy who played Lawrence, if you remember. He was like the kind of Mexican guy that was rolling with Will. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, supposedly that's gonna be him. What
0: didn't he lose like his kid or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, like his wife and kid or like that was his backstory. He lost his wife and his kid or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um <clears throat> so the reason why she thinks it's this is because Clifton Collins Jr. was at the premiere of, of uh, this season of Westworld. Mm. And through her, through her detective work, she had came to the conclusion that, like, well, it's going to be Berlin, so they probably want somebody who speaks German. And come to find out, Clifton Collins Jr. speaks German because his father is German. Mm. So she's just kind of, like, putting two and two together. So we might, we might see Lawrence show up again. I liked Lawrence. I really did like that character. But it's not going to be the Lawrence that... You know, we watched in the first two seasons.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be like another. It's gonna new be new Charlotte Hale. It's new Lawrence. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: new Lawrence. New Dolores. Oh, Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> Dolores. <De-Lawrence>. Okay. <laughs> Dolores. <De-Lawrence. laughs> like that. <laughs> if I can go to pen, we, we're gonna to copyright that shit. Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Charlotte Hale gives Musashi a call. She's like, "Hey, you're still working for Dolores, right?" So she's like, "Yeah." And she's, like, covered up in a shadow kind of way. Like, you can't really see, like, the burn scars she got from last episode.
0: I didn't see him at all. Like, I felt like she was in shadow, but I could see her well enough. It's like she fixed herself already. Yeah, I know, right? But I did not right? see if she had any hair or not. Yeah. But I could definitely see she wasn't all burned up.
1: Yeah, like, her face was uh, was visibly, like, damaged. Just not, not horribly damaged, but you can see, like, scars and scorch marks and stuff like that. But this one, it was more, like, just cleared up. But you could see, like, the shadows just, like, circling around her face. So yeah, So you can't yeah. really see her. So she gives Masashi and Collins like, hey, um, uh, I'm going on with my own plan. And she pretty much gives a location to where he's at. And this is where Clementine shows up. Fucking Clementine finally showed up. Mm-hmm. She comes in badass and shit like that. Fights, uh, fights off Musashi. Fights off the guys and everything. Cause she's trying to get a hold of him. Uh, he tries to get away. And then next, you know, boom, Hana Ryu, Hana Rio shows up. And I thought it would have been like a cool... It would have been a really cool scene if we saw both of them fighting. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, i mean granted that's not the musashi from shogun world mm-hmm. it still would have been cool to see him fight against Hanario because they were best friends in shogun world so it'd have been like a good like little back and forth kind of thing like when uh Maeve fought uh musashi in like two episodes ago yeah uh but that we don't get that is just
0: i didn't think that was a good back and forth i thought that was heartbreaking <laughs> Oh, because you, they were friends
1: well I know I know see, that's the thing. it would have been great to see that again especially with those two because those two characters were super close yeah they were closer than uh Watsumasashi. so it would have been like more of a heartfelt kind of thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but that doesn't happen uh, they chop his head off and we gotta away with
0: it yeah that's head. the start
1: of the, that's the start of the show <laughs> um all right so this episode is mainly a, uh, uh, I must say, Caleb, a Caleb and Dolores um, episode. Um, I thought that there was this really great shot where Dolores and Caleb are riding on their horses over a mountain and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it reeked of not reeked. I'm sorry, it just it just reminded me of Westworld, those yeah. badass sweeping shots of like the desert and the mountains and stuff like that. So I was actually glad that we got that shot again because we haven't re- we have somewhat of establishing shots but nothing as beautiful
0: yeah as yeah.
1: as the old west there have been some really cool shots like the one where um i don't know if you remember where like dolores not dolores um charlotte it's, it's at nighttime and she's she's like standing in front of like that circle thing and it kind of looks like an eye
2: mm-hmm. i don't
1: know if you remember yeah, that Yeah, i remember like that was a really beautiful shot yeah but we haven't got something sweeping like that um so they end up at this compound right and apparently it's the compound where uh, Serac was bringing his test subjects or people to be experimented on. So I had a huge problem with this scene. Um, okay. so Dolores sends out this drone to like scope out the location, and she sees like five or six guards, right? Mm-hmm. She has this badass, like, uh, like a, it was like a 50 cal rifle, right? Or some shit. Yeah. Something you're more, like that. You're more of a military expert than it I was am. It was
0: big. I mean, it shot big. It
1: was huge. Yeah. It was like a fucking cannon. Um, so she had so the t- this technology part was pretty cool, where the drone was able to like set the locations of each guard, and all she had to do was just kind of like, I want to say like match the shot with it. Mm-hmm. So she fires like you know these shots, take out these guards, but that's it, like no more guards.
0: There was one inside. She's like, oops, got forgot one.
1: Okay, seven. Let's say seven guards. And this huge compound. You figure there'd be like an army there. Or like at least 20 guys there. Yeah. Especially with Serac's money. Sorok. Sorry, I keep saying his name wrong. Sorok. So, they get down there. Um, and then we cut to Bernard and Stubbs. I well, wait,
0: wait, wait. I actually hmm. have an issue with that scene too. Because I okay. know that it's in the future. Mm. But it's like... I had a really weird feeling about when she used that weapon in that scene. Okay. Because you know sometimes when you're having a dream... Mm. and something happens and it would only happen that way in a dream yeah if that's how that weapon felt to me like you yeah. were just like dreaming that whole scenario and oh i can go in and pick all these people off okay fire my weapon boop 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 okay they're dead like yeah, it, was, that, it felt really like okay that's that's
1: idealistic like i know like i know she fired you know let's say there's six guards she fires six shots to hit each guard but i still feel like some of those bullets had to be magic bullets. <laughs> Because yeah. they had to hit walls, fences, pillars, whatever. I'm sure it was not a clean, direct, like, through a window shot. I think, like, two of them were shot in a kitchen. Yeah. You know, which is really weird. I mean, uh, it's Westworld, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the episode jumps to, like, at one point where we find Bernard and Stubbs. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Je- Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for him. Why? Because season one... Season two, we had Bernard do stuff. That mm. was really pertinent to the story. This one is like, he's constantly like one step behind he's Dolores. He's
0: like Maeve. Maeve even, is even Maeve. shutting down and fucking Jeffrey Wright is constantly
1: Like trying to catch up.
0: Fought, like looking for shit or people or he's lost.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's funny. It's like he's the um. It's he like should go
0: back to being um. Basket.
1: Oh God, you love that movie so much. <laughs> It felt like he was like um, you know when you play Super Mario bro or you play Mario Brothers, and you know you're a player too, but like you feel like you're kind of still getting sloppy seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. I
1: felt like Bernard is just constantly getting sloppy seconds. Yeah. For this season, um, so Bernard and Stubbs they get um, they they get Will, and Will finds out that Stubbs is a host, and that's where Stubbs, that's the word Will is just like. Oh, I know my purpose now. I'm gonna kill every fucking host there is now. You know, cause I I I started this. This is like the original sin. This is why humanity's fallen because of the host and everything. And um, we'll just go ahead and just jump with this because that, that this storyline Bernard and Stubbs just like they have like, like two maybe three scenes or some shit like that. Yeah,
0: they're like not there's no purpose. There's no reason for them to be yeah. in this episode really.
1: And Will must tells Bernard and Stubbs like, "I'll kill you guys the first chance I get." And Bernard Bernard's like, we might still need him. Oh, okay. <laughs> like if.
0: Yeah, like like Luke was like, might as well just kill him right now. Yeah. Like yeah. he gave him a look, like, okay, let me fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, no. Yeah, exactly.
1: We'll wait. Yeah. So then, like, they find this car. They eventually leave. They have to find the car because they're gonna go to the location where um, Dolores is supposed to be at. And Will ends up getting like the drop on him. He finds a shotgun. And he sells them, you know, tells them, you know, you guys should've you guys should have killed him if He had the chance. Cocks a shotgun. And then like that's the end of their storyline. Mm-hmm. Or that's the end of like for them in this episode, right? Yeah. Which is stupid because he has a shotgun. All right. But these are two robots <laughs> with incredible strength if they need. Yeah. What are you gonna do, man? You're gonna you may like damage one, but the other one's gonna like get to you. It's really dumb. Yeah. It's like super dumb it,
0: it And also made me think of uh, What's that one politically charged movie That everyone's like oh we shouldn't watch
1: Which one there's like a bunch of them
0: No the one that was like them With uh, Justin Hartley in the beginning
1: Justin Hartley Uh,
0: From This Is Us The blonde
1: what? Oh um, The Hunt
0: Yeah it felt like the hunt when they were out. Yeah. You know what? It felt like they were on that same scene or that same location. That same something.
1: station that like they got to. It seemed like that's the one from the hunt. Yeah. Holy shit. It probably was. <laughs> Actually, it probably was. <laughs> 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 so ridiculous. All right. So that's pretty much like the end of their shit. Okay. So when we come back, uh, Dolores and Caleb, they go into the warehouse. Where, I mean, they go in this compound. Okay. And they find Solomon. And Solomon is like the machine before the how do you say, it?
0: Rehoboam? Yeah, that one.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so this you
0: we're doing so good.
1: No, no, I'm going to let you handle that. That's all you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so this 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 machine that was before the Rehoboam. This was like essentially it's like an insane AI. Um, Dolores says that. Uh, Sirak's brother, like you know, the 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 Rojo the Ro- was like their first attempt. It was this machine, whatever. But like, since Sirak's brother was like pretty much crazy, he like put his personality within this machine. Mm-hmm. So I did like the design of that. That um, of oh, Solomon, um, it did look like the Rojo Boom, but it was I don't know. It, it was a bit more. It seemed a bit more eerie because it was like on a like on a tower kind of thing. Like it was very imposing.
0: I thought it was imposing because any other time you've seen Rehoboam, mm. you've been on a platform above, above it. Above it,
1: exactly, yeah. And
0: now that you see Solomon, you're on the ground below
1: it. Yeah, exactly. So, and also here's here's the thing: I saw a lot of similarities with this machine and HAL 9000 from 2001: Space Odyssey. Really? Yeah, I think about it because the Solomon is like this black orb with like red lights, mm-hmm. which is HAL 9000. You, you know the. If you guys can picture HAL 9000, you think of an orb, red light, mm-hmm. and HAL 9000 claims to use logic like, you know, this is the logical sense we should kill the people on this ship. Solomon had the same idea. We should kill the people that are inter- uh, that interfering with progress of society.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got a lot of um, HAL 9000 kind of similarities when I, was, when I was watching the show.
0: I know that he's supposed to be kind of crazy, because uh, Serac's brother, um, he has schizophrenia and all of that. Mm. I didn't get a sense that it was crazy. He sounded pretty logical. Like, really reasonable.
1: Yeah, but his, his idea of getting rid of, his idea of, you know, taking care of the outliers was to put him in dangerous situations or find ways to get him killed.
0: But he was very reasonable when he was talking to Caleb and them, like, he was going to give them whatever information they needed. He was pretty forthright everything. Yeah, that with is everything. true, yeah. Like, it was just like talking to somebody. Yeah. And I would think that if he was really kind of crazy or even was schizophrenic or anything, he would have been a little off his rocker.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I don't agree with that. Don't. No, no. Yeah, I see <laughs> what you're saying. I totally see your point. Um,
0: I think that was a missed opportunity right there. Yeah,
1: you know what? That would have been interesting if they really was, because it, really, um, it would have really opened the idea or opened the discussion of like, is insanity really like a human thing or, or is it possible for other things to actually go crazy? Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a great discussion.
0: And then when Solomon goes crazy and you can really see that, then you can make the connection of why the fuck the computer doesn't act right sometimes?
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was slapping my laptop. Why does it not work? Oh, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you so, related to Solomon?
1: <laughs> and he starts talking to me. Um, okay, so we get this is the episode where we finally get Caleb's background. Um, I don't I'm kind of mixed on the way how they went about it. Like I like the visuals of how they're really Playing with his memory and how he's like forgetting certain things, or how memory his own memories against him. Mm-hmm. Yet, I still found him kind of boring.
0: Well, I did too because he wasn't. It felt like it was really convenient that he was there with Dolores, and he was kind of pissed. Yeah, but he couldn't do anything about it because if he did try to destroy Solomon or go like walk away, mm-hmm. he wouldn't get what he came for. <laughs>
1: yeah and
0: uh, and all you get is kind of like a rehash of things that you already kind of know yeah some of it was different
1: yeah it was a little little bit more finer detail like we like we found out that uh well we had an idea that uh caleb was in the military we knew that him and francis were in the military they were involved with something um that might have been like some uh mercenary work Mm um oh before we go into that i i one thing i wanted to mention i almost forgot um uh, b- before they before they enter the compound oh they, now I remember now I remember this was like this was like my biggest issue okay but so before they go into the compound um, I had this I had this really this really good uh, thought on the fact that like Dolores is a hose and Caleb saw her as human from uh-huh. like the start he was like you're the most the, the most real thing I've I've encountered in a long time yeah and my idea was like wow I wonder like How's he going to take it when he finds out that she's a host? That's going to, like, destroy his whole world or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, when we catch up with him in this episode, he tells her, like, oh, like, the massacre. You know, you killed all those people. Pretty much saying that, like, I know you're a host. But it was very, like...
0: It wasn't, like, a reveal. It was very understated. Like, he's like, oh, I put two and two together. Like, cool. Yeah. Your mission's not my mission. I don't want to lead anybody.
1: Yeah, like... Like, I figure like we, I figure like that discussion happened happened before this episode started. (laughs) Like a really intense discussion and her her convincing him to keep going. Yeah. But we didn't get that. I felt it was very underwhelming.
0: They they totally should have focused on that.
1: Yeah, or at least had it as a big blow up or some shit like that.
0: Well, if you're thinking that they're gonna struggle to get to the end of season six, they they really could have stretched this one out a little bit and yeah. spent some time.
1: Yeah.
0: Developing certain characters a little more in this new
1: world. They probably, if anything, uh, and
0: like exploring some like Caleb's backstory a little more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, it, I, If anything, I think it's possible that, like, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa George was like, this is going to be the final season. Like, they're not giving us another season. And that's why they were just, like, rushing a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You know, that would have been great to, like, sp- expand on or at least drawn out, like, a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So, back to where we were. Um. Uh, So, Dolores is pretty much telling Caleb, like, this is, you know the machine is going to reveal itself or what about your past and everything. Right. Um, so we find out that, uh, okay. So this part I thought was cool. Um, so Solomon wanted to essentially kill the outliers, but Serac or Sarak thought, no, we can reprogram them. we can recondition them. And, that's what caleb was caleb was re- reconditioned he, he was,
0: was like the first successful one
1: yeah well like the first out of like a very few many yeah that were successful one um francis was was another one that was reconditioned and will at one point was going to be was considered to be reconditioned but if you're not reconditioned then then um what serac does is he he would actually uh certify you as dead and then put you in a frozen chamber Mm-hmm. Until he can like fix you or something like that, which I thought that was kind of cool because now it's kind of like um, like a cold storage kind of thing, like the first two se- uh, seasons of Westworld.
0: Yeah, except it's humans and not hosts this time. Yeah, like like there's a mirroring right where, and Dolores is seeing it too. Where mm. the same thing that are happening happening to the hosts, people are doing to themselves too, and that kind of ties into Dolores telling Caleb he needs to
1: like lead this revolution or something like that
0: revolution because even though it's her fight and Mm. she has to go her own way for her own kind Mm. he needs to be the one to go his own way for his kind
1: which in a way is it's kind of a contradiction because um dolores is telling caleb you know now you know the truth about yourself the fact that um francis wasn't killed during like an insurgent attack or anything like that that at one point um. Caleb killed Francis, which Mm -hmm. we'll go into a little bit further. Um, But she tells him, like, you're you're free now. Now you're free. You can lead the revolution. But while you're free, listen to this robot and let let him tell you how to save, how to lead this revolution. (laughs) Listen to to this robot talking to you to tell you how to do this. Like, you have to stay here. But you're not really free.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, There's even a way that I think, I honestly think that Dolores might be manipulating him. Because, um, at one point she tells him, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, Caleb is telling her or saying, or pretty much saying that, um, you're, re- you're leading this revolution for your people, blah, 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 blah. And she says like, my people, like we're extinct or we're going extinct, which is a damn lie because we all remember in the last season, her kind was like fired off in a satellite. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of hosts that like all their data is saved up. It's it, all they need is just bodies. Yeah. So it's kind of like I feel like Dolores has like an alternative motive that she hasn't fully revealed yet.
0: Probably she probably knows they're up there and wants to bring them back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, the back the, a little bit more of the backstory of of uh, Caleb is uh, when Caleb and Francis were uh just dis- was it dishonorably discharged. Um, they came back to America. And they started doing. They started using the Rico app to do like these kidnappings and these murders, right? And this this actually had a pretty cool tie-in. Sarrac had this. Serac made this plan where we need to get the outliers and recondition them. How are we going to do that? Well, we'll hire people off the Rico app, and they kind of like created this Rico app so they can gri- get the outliers and either put recondition them, put them in cold storage, or if they're like too much, like they can get killed.
0: They, well, the thing is, too, that if they said the best way to get someone who was reconditioned, but it didn't take the way they'd expected or they, they failed, that they would um, they would use other outliers that were reconditioned to go after them. So it wasn't just yeah. random people. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Caleb and Francis were the reconditioned people that did it. And I, thought, I, I actually thought that was kind of cool.
0: I did like that. Um, I did kind of feel bad about how that turned out for him, though.
1: Yeah, because eventually what's happening is um, they get this outlier. I forgot the name of the uh, actor that they got, or the character's name. Um, and... Um, oh, looks like something fell over. All right, sorry. And he was going to... They were going to kill him, but the fact that this dude had revealed to uh caleb and francis like hey like you guys are part of the recondition program this is blah 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 like we spill the beans um the rico app did this thing where like if it doesn't if they don't follow orders or if they don't follow like to the t or whatever they would make one or the other kind of like betray their partner mm-hmm. and do it by like obviously offering them like a a lump sum
0: like a big amount of money yeah
1: and then Caleb ends up killing Francis, and I thought that 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 was um. I mean, they kind of like televised that maybe two episodes ago, but to see it happen was so kind of fucked up because I was like his best friend. Yeah. And the fact that like.
0: And he was still like calling him like, "Hey, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. You're not picking up the phone like well, in the first episode when you saw him. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, like I'm just checking in on you. You're not answering the phone. Like, call me back.
1: Yeah. It was that. It was that 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 psycho- psychotherapy uh program. And it was, like, the fact that, like, they fucked it with his, they erased his mind to forget that, mm-hmm. and he still had that voice talking to him. That is, yeah. that's like, really fucked up on another level. Yeah. Um, so that gets revealed and everything. And Solomon creates his plan, or Solomon's work on this plan to, like, help Caleb stop Sorak and help Dolores stop Sorak. Uh, and then we finally get Maeve. Maeve finally jumps in. Now, I, okay, this fight scene I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, we've never really, from my from my memory, we've never really seen the two machines really go at it, or the two hosts to fight each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they, we've seen them like, like shoot at each other and stuff like that. But when like they're fully self aware to like go at their full limit, we've actually never seen it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool because uh, um, Maeve came out of this like military grade, like single person carrier kind of helicopter that was like bulletproof armored and shit. And she was controlling it with her mind. Yeah. And Dolores had her drone and sniper rifle position. So, like, if they popped out a certain location, they would be shot at. So, they had to keep fighting in, like, a confined space. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Maeve, like, showed it with that samurai sword. <laughs> and I was like, all right.
0: I thought Maeve uh, showed that she's more of a badass than Dolores. Exactly. Does um i really like that
1: yeah we like really got like like there have been several times where Maeve has been like really kicking ass like the um when she was in the simulation and she was killing all those nazis and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i like, think to, to see it out of the simulation in the real world it seemed cooler yeah especially like i said she had the samurai so she'd be a fucking badass exactly and you know we finally got the confrontation between um dolores and Maeve, which is cool
0: yeah <laughs> sorry the cat is
1: chewing on the carpet. Which one is a pocket or patches? patches? <sighs> that boy's been a terror. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, um, Mave at one point, uh, Mave is able to throw Dolores out of like this confined space, like where uh, Mave's like rob- um, helicopter couldn't get a good shot. She gets a good shot. She takes out um, Dolores' arm. I don't like she
0: actually throws her out from the confined space more yeah. than once.
1: Yeah, and like whenever, like whenever, like she tried to make the shot, I think either like the the sniper rifle will shoot it, but this is a time where like Dolores is like fully distracted because Maeve had the upper hand on her. Yeah, and she shoots her arm off, and I thought that was that was brutal as shit. Mm-hmm, it was, and um, we've we've got we've seen that shot in trailers, like of her like kind of like trying to keep herself up with that missing arm. Um, but like to see it, what are they doing now? (laughs) Okay. So apparently like the cat was hanging off like fucking the fugitive, like, oh no, like like, the Lion King. King. (laughs) That's it.
0: He was like going around the bottom of one of the rails, Uh, like that's connected to the floor on the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Chasing something. I don't know. And he lost his footing and he was hanging on just by his two front paws.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just turned around and I just see the cat just blee I'm like oh shit <laughs> But he he's all good folks. He picked himself out. <laughs> yeah. He's all good. Um all right, so oh yeah, so we get we get more of an extension of that scene of Dolores trying to carry herself mm-hmm. um with a missing arm. And we get this kind of really cool wide shot of Maeve like in the distance, like as the like as the bay doors open mm-hmm. and you see like her silhouette walking like um, with the backdrop of the sunlight, yeah, and I don't—it looks like super cool because she's coming in with a sword, like, oh, she's she's gonna fucking do her in, yeah. So then, um, they continue
0: what, their fight, right?
1: Like, not so much because Maeve is okay. Oh, this is this—I'm actually kind of really perplexed by this now. Um, so Maeve is like really going after Dolores, right? But like, Serac is Serac is closing down Delos, like he wants to like he wipe he already. He already, like, burned the bodies that were in cold storage at the Westworld. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially wiping out all of the Delos data that is, is unimportant to him. So, but, like, Maeve, it's, it's like Dolores keeps telling Maeve, like, why are you helping this guy? He's going to, like, fucking kill us all and everything, right? And then Mave is just like, she does her whole, like, protect my daughter kind of thing again. Mm. Which I'm starting to see your issues with it because now I'm just like why he's gonna kill your daughter you know yeah so it's it's very confusing because it's just like it's i really want to know like why the fuck mave is still helping sirak because
0: maybe she has a different end game (sighs) like maybe she doesn't really maybe she's playing nice with sirak
1: to try to get something out of it probably okay i can see that uh so then dolores uh gets up on this machine (laughs) gets up on the machine like she climbs it Mm -hmm. she finds this this huge ass machine that says EMP Mm -hmm. and she presses the EMP and
0: uh, it lights out
1: yeah it lights out for her for Maeve for Solomon for Solomon more importantly um, did she just kill all those people that are in cryo state
0: oh man (laughs)
1: And it wasn't like twenty people. It looked but like it was. I don't
0: think so though, because that's, that looked more hard hardware, and EMP is more computer killer.
1: No, EMP like takes out everything, like, uh, everything electrical. It, it just goes out. I don't know. No, no, that's. that's but I,
0: no, but I'm saying I I don't imagine that it's permanent.
1: Yeah, that's true. But like even that's so, true.
0: Like they're and they're so frozen. That mm-hmm. it, probably okay <laughs> like it's like when the power goes out and you know don't open the fridge yeah you know this <laughs> okay but it's times a, 10 i
1: know like a little thaw is not too bad a little thaw is not too bad you can, yeah. you can, you can sit let them thaw for like 30 minutes and put it back on yeah <laughs> that's probably. They
0: probably won't thaw because they're so sealed up
1: oh uh, that could yeah that could be true
0: yeah
1: i mean i don't really want i don't really don't care for them to explain it
0: <laughs> you just want to wonder
1: i'm just like did all people just die right now (laughs) um so there's a key thing to mention that solomon before he he shut down he gave caleb um the plans of how to how to stop sirak uh but he tells caleb like before he shuts down like you will not survive Mm -hmm. so is caleb gonna die now like i'm i'm really curious to see what the fuck that plan is now
0: yeah or if he even cares
1: who's uh caleb
0: yeah what, I mean, what if he like knows that it's too late for him but not for nobody everybody else has to follow that same fate
1: that anymore. could be true uh, yeah he seems like he he seemed like he grabbed it like fine i'll fucking do it yeah <laughs> he's just like all right <laughs> um so yeah and then that's that's the end of the episode and the next one is the season finale um so there there are still a few questions um like every episode they you know they add more questions uh like for example like you know what's the plan to stop sorak um i want to know what charlotte's plan is is she gonna side with Maeve, or is she gonna side on her own because of you know who who she's who she angry at is she still angry at dolores or Maeve or sorak or whatever so
0: yeah well it was sorak who blew up the thing and Dolores yes. and, well, d- probably she might go after Maeve because Maeve is with Ciroc.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, Ciroc, most likely it was, it was Ciroc's men that blew up the car, but, like, Dolores is the one that sent her back into Delos to get the information. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then maybe if she didn't do it, you know, because it, it seems like, Dolor, like Dolores is willing to, like, let these personalities of herself or these Horcruxes of herself mm-hmm. die, but, like, one of them is just like, no, I don't want to fucking die, you know?
0: yeah. 'Cause they're still kinda of people.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's also what is I, I honestly think Dolores still has a final plan that we just haven't seen yet. And um if if Maeve is still gonna help Sorok or she's gonna start leaning more to Dolores' side.
0: Yeah.
1: And um Yeah. I think that's about it for this episode. No like no memorable music or uh like tunes or anything like that. Hmm. It's been very light this season.
0: Yeah. But it, there was Oh no, that came out of Devs.
1: <laughs> what, was, what were you thinking about?
0: The second episode.
1: Oh, you're talking about the uh, the one that played at the beginning and the end? Yeah, it's called end?
0: Congregation.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally different show. Totally different show.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so is there anything else you want to add? Are we good?
0: No, we're good. our recent review this week, we are going to cover devs. This is your station. But what am I actually doing here?
1: I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. You're going to figure it out.
2: The last time I saw him, he was headed toward devs. And then he disappears something bad happened to him. You know what happened to him. If you came for answers, ask me what you don't know. What is Devs?
0: This is the only principle you need to understand. Nothing ever happens without a reason. Everything was determined by something prior.
2: They're fanatics.
0: We need the police.
2: You
1: want to take them down? It's impossible.
2: You knew I was going to come here.
0: The sense that you were participating in life
1: was only ever an illusion. Life is just something we watch unfold.
0: The IMDb synopsis for that is a computer engineer investigates the secretive development division in her company, which she, de- she believes is behind the disappearance of her boyfriend. Um, written and created by Alex Garland, he did Ex Machina, Dread from 2012 and 28 Days Later. Um, it stars Sonoya Musuno, who plays Lily Chan, Nick Offerman, who plays Forrest, Jin Ha as Jamie, Kaylee Spaney as Lyndon, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson as Stewart. I've seen that guy somewhere before.
1: I know. I've I've seen him too. I, I can't I can't exactly place him right now.
0: Uh, Allison as Katie, Amaya Mizuno, Andre as Amaya. Um, Zach Grenier. I've seen him before too. He played Kent uh, Kenton.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. he's been, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know who Pete is.
1: Pete was a homeless boy.
0: Oh yeah. Jefferson Hall plays Pete and Carl Glusman plays Sergei.
1: Sergei. Uh, okay. He was in... Okay, so the guy who plays uh, Stewart, What's the guy's name? Uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson. He was in Fences, Lady Bird, Lincoln. I was in Wu-Tang. That's awesome. He's been in a bunch of other stuff. Fear the Walking Dead.
0: Oh, maybe I saw him in Fear the Walking Dead, but I only watched a few episodes of that. Did
1: one. you ever watch Blacklist? Yeah, he was in there was who. Um, I don't know, James Spader's character.
0: No, he was. <laughs> no, not.
1: no, I don't know who James
0: Spader was James Spader's character.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know who he played, but I he, that's he's listed on there. Uh, I don't know if, at what capacity though.
0: Okay, um. So we've all, we didn't really talk a whole lot about the show, uh, about devs before we brought it on here.
1: Yeah, last week when we brought it up in our Try This Not That segment.
0: Yeah, we like we haven't talked a whole lot about it at length because we want to save it for the show. Mm. Um, but I will say that Mark has some interesting ideas that at first I kinda of balked at because I always think it's a cop out for directors and writers to do. Mm. Um, but the more like you didn't really talk about it the but the more you kind of defended that position, I kind of realized maybe it was warranted in this
1: was well, uh, you're talking about the whole god position right the
0: whole god thing, yeah,
1: okay, so what so let's let's go over your grievance with the whole god, the whole god uh I guess you could say the the ex machina being used in a storytelling
0: um I more think of. 2001 space odyssey Mm -hmm. or the fountain but i thought you liked the fountain i like the fountain okay um but i just think it's like if i can name movies and i have Mm -hmm. a horrible memory that's a problem
2: okay (laughs) okay
0: you know what i'm saying yeah if i can name movies that i know have like something to do with religion or like as we know it or trying to relate their story to religion so that people can try to like decode it like they're fucking da vinci's code and all that yeah, shit, yeah yeah then for me that's a problem because it's like it almost feels like an ego trip a lot of the time mm, okay and so that was my issue when you started bringing it up about religion immediately i was like i'm closing my mind like I'm like <laughs> i'm <laughs> done on. I'm listen. Okay, okay i was like i'm closing my mind to this because i'm tired of it okay like, i'm just tired of it
1: and um i don't i don't i'm, I'm trying to find a connection with this and with um your grievances towards using this formula um what did is there something in your backstory that you want to reveal about why you have an issue when people like when you when you when you uh get like the whole god thing kind of like force-fed to you in the story
0: um at, well okay so there's two things one thing is it's not just the god thing it's mm-hmm. Anything that I see too many times, like with Bloodshot, I told you it was going to be a bad movie because.
1: <laughs> you about? I love that movie. It's I like the it.
0: Marine, but with Vin Diesel. Like <laughs> you, know
1: what you know what I'm saying. I get you. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a it's a it's a very similar formula. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's like I don't want to watch that story again. Okay. Um. So I don't want to watch something about. Can you relate this to any of the stories from the Bible again?
1: Mm, okay. Okay. I got you.
0: Um. So there's that, but also like. I'm not really religious. Mm. Like, like uh, I remember, I, this always comes to mind when people say, why are you not religious? I remember barely moving in with my dad, and my stepmother did not like children at all, and I was not allowed to go see my mother, and I would lay awake crying for two hours at night, begging God to let me talk to my mom and see my mom again. I promise I'll be a good girl if I can see her. Yeah. And I didn't see her for, like, seven
1: months. Did your mother, did she, not your mother, did your stepmom, did she um, use, like, religion as an excuse why you can't see your mom?
0: No, she didn't. Was, um, she, was she
1: a really re- she was a, a religious person. Wasn't she, like, a really religious person?
0: They, she didn't practice. So, mm. for me, it's almost like a joke. My dad grew up Catholic. Mm. And he got married once and divorced. And he got married to my mom, which was his second wife. Mm-hmm and got divorced, and the church kicked him out. So then he said, I'm atheist. So mm. what does he do? Third wife, Reformed Jew.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And she didn't practice anything. The only thing was, since I'm Jewish, even though I don't practice anything, I don't want Christmas. <laughs> okay. Realm. But my dad's like, nah. Yeah. We're still having Christmas.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ag- so. Anyways, I'm agnostic, meaning like, I believe something exists, but I yeah. don't believe in things the way other people do. Yeah. I don't believe in all the the stories of the Bible or whatever. Just be mm. a good person. Mm. I believe in spirits, like but just don't understand exactly how they exist or whatever. But
1: yeah, you don't think it's, you don't think it's a religious kind of thing. Like, if I'm not going to build any around.
0: altars or anything or whatever.
1: <laughs> no, you <know>? no, 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 <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, I have to, uh, I kind of would have to, um, I guess I would say maybe kind of echo the same sentiment about uh, religion. I I was I was born and raised Christian for uh, I would say all of my childhood. Um, it wasn't until like about 18 years old that my mom was like, "Well, you don't have to go to church anymore." <laughs> okay, sure, all right. I like sleeping on Sundays, um, <laughs> but even before then, um, I was I would still have to go to church. Uh, and this it, it's a, the reason why we're talking about religion is because this show have, this show leans into the whole religious aspect um as the episode as the series goes along so this is why we're kind of setting this thing up um but even when i was maybe maybe 13 14 15 or something like that i started really having questions about god because a lot of things in the bible didn't make sense or they contradicted themselves or some shit like that mm-hmm. and i started kind of getting into like zenism buddhism and stuff like that um but I still found the whole Bible, the Torah, the uh, the Quran, and everything. I still found it interesting because something about it was just like, like people are like following this shit. Like this shit is wacky, you know, or wacky, you know? <laughs> um, however, I still like reading up on religion because there's so much history behind it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the that's, good, what I, that's what I like.
1: The good and the bad stuff. And this show kind of like. I mean, it doesn't cover like history of religion, but it actually kind of leads into like philosophy, which is like my fucking back. Mm-hmm. I love philosophy. Um, so the show, it starts off kind of slow. It actually kind of starts off as like this very uh, secretive tech company that's mm-hmm. creating this project. That's like, what is this project going to do? Yeah. Um, so it kind of like starts like this, almost like a borderline espionage kind of thing because it's, uh, it's, it's revealed that like Sergei is like a Russian spy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the show progresses, it starts getting to the idea of like, of uh, determinism, um, the multiverse, uh, what is God, messiahs, and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, it, it started hooking me. It really started hooking me. Especially like the um, the visuals.
0: Yeah. Well, it's real pretty. And this set for me, I'm, I, the visuals are great. Mm. I'm more uh, audio. Yeah. Like, Audio is not a word.
1: <laughs> audio, let's make let's make it a word. <laughs> right in every Webster dictionary there is out there, audio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm more so the it's not really music that they had in the background, but it was like a sense of like humming or something like mm,
1: like a hymn.
0: No, <laughs> some of it was kind of churchy.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: No, but I'm talking about anytime they would talk, like they would get into like the machine and it like was quiet nothing not a whole lot was going on but it was like mysterious or whatever there was like these yeah. voices that would come out mm. and they'd just be like um it was just like m- like background noise it was like humming but it was music
1: yeah that's that's actually kind of like uh
0: it's like trance like trancy music that's
1: actually, actually kind of like a practice if i remember correctly kind of like in Buddhism, a lot of mm, and yeah. that and um and many forms of meditation. People, I mean, when you meditate, some people recommend that you hum to yourself, and it because it like it vibrates your eardrums and it kind of like vibrates your body in a small way. It, and I've done it several times, and it actually is really quite soothing because it allows you, you probably, to
0: focus. really um, relate that to purring for cats.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, I think about the first episode. Yeah, it was like the first episode where we see Nick Offerman, who's... who's um, who plays, he plays Forrest. Mm. Oddly enough, I kept... There are several parts where you would see Forrest, and I had a picture of Jesus mm-hmm. in my head. Because he yeah. had the long hair, the beard, the stressed out face, and stuff like that. Like yeah. several... Even though we all know Jesus is not white. Let's just get that out there. Jesus was black of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, after the first episode... I saw like this connection to the Bible. Um, there's a scene where Forrest and Sergey are walking to the devs found to the devs building, and it's like out in kind of like in the woods, right? And have mm-hmm. like this stone building, right, to kind of keep it secret and all this kind of stuff. And I noticed there's like these golden pillars. And mm-hmm. it, 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 that kept sticking with me. I was like, why is it golden pillars? I'm not understanding. I saw
0: those and I was like, 2001 a space.
1: Yeah, they're there are ah. monoliths and shit like that. Okay, so. I had, there are, if I remember correctly, there are 12 pillars on each side, one on left and one on the right. And this is what I found in relation to the Bible. Um, it was called, it's the, it's called the new, it's the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is almost indescribable, but John in the Bible does give us a very vivid mental image of it in writing. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each of the gates made of singular pearl. And the street of the sh- the city of the street was pure gold, like transit transit glass.
0: Transparent.
1: There you go transparent glass. Revelations twenty one twenty one. So, it also mentions that there is a gold that is so pure that one can see through it. There were several times where Forrest was looking at these pillars, and it was almost like he's looking through them. The way the way the camera was angled, mm-hmm. but he was seeing his reflection in the pillar, but still looking through it. Yeah. And there's even, as I mentioned, uh, these pearls. Um, when they get into into the dev's building, and they go into that the big square machine that's like levitating because of magnets. Mm-hmm. If you look at these twelve circular lit up like devices, they look like pearls, and there's twelve of them. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, <gasps> Bible reference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, that's why I started thinking. I was like, holy shit, like. Because Forrest sees himself as a messiah. And I looked at it and I thought, like, holy shit, this is like this building's supposed to be the new Jerusalem. Because within Jerusalem, there's Mecca.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
1: that building looked like the Me- the Mecca little thing, the fucking square thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit, that it started blowing my mind on this. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm on this ride with you because yeah, I I, I, yeah. I haven't done any of this research Uh, because i want to hear it from you uh, as someone who actually kind of cares about it okay because i wouldn't be able to do it the justice that you're doing it okay so i'll go with you on the religious ride but we gotta you know
1: yeah that's that's actually yeah yeah i don't want to be like oh religion in this whole show let's talk about like kelly's right we're going to talk about the acting yeah and the shots and everything (laughs) because it's a great show i mean it's not it's not a it's not a a sermon it is a very entertaining show
0: and if you like doing your detective work, that's there, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you yeah. want to
0: go into and find all of the religious oh, stuff, oh, I can't. totally you can do that.
1: I can't wait to share the story at the end. <laughs> oh, okay, I can't <laughs> wait to do it. So, anyway, okay. so, um, So what did, you, what did you think about the acting?
0: At, at first, I wasn't a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily seems very apathetic.
1: Yeah. She seems a little stiff, too.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't know at first if it was because I was projecting this idea that she looked pretty, mm. um, like almost like butch or something. And I thought it was weird that she wasn't like, she was, so if she's like, what was she? She almost looked like, uh, to me, like a poster child for which pronoun pronoun am I?
1: Uh, Okay.
0: And and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Uh, but I'm saying like at first I was thinking maybe that that's what my issue was or something. Mm-hmm. Because her acting is so stiff, I I was trying to find a reason why it was me.
1: Oh, okay. You okay. know what like I'm you were thinking it was you you were thinking that something was wrong with you because you weren't really connecting yeah, to it. Yeah, and then okay.
0: I was like, "Oh, like trying to find reasons. Not that I was actually thinking these things, but I thought maybe I'm projecting."
2: Mm, okay. Something. Gotcha. I don't know cuz mm.
0: I don't have any issues like that but whatever Mm. sometimes you know if you see something different then whatever Mm. um but no she's just really stiff okay and um she does have capacity for real emotion though um and i did kind of start to like her because Mm -hmm. i realized that you don't have to have a huge um emotional range i guess to be an actor or an actress. But yeah. in certain roles, especially mm. where you're in modern society, um, you're working around people who, you know, work on computers all day, mm. um, and you're not really getting, like, like you kind of get a sense, too, of her, her family, like, they're not real connected. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't seem like she's real connected to anything
1: yeah she the only she was connected to was sergey but even that connection was kind of a false connection It it was kind of false yeah Yeah.
0: and then i started to like her because i'm like that's me
1: oh okay
0: that's why that's why i started to like her because i needed to warm up to the character i think it's like Mm. it's really good acting i guess when you can immediately connect with someone but it has to be written a certain way and i just don't think that her character called for it and it wasn't her fault And then I found a reason why I should like her, and that's because that's how normal people are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're not always really animated or whatever. Um, and she has issues connecting with people the way I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has friends, but they don't. It doesn't. If it seems real thin, like
1: yeah, there's even that part when um, after Sergey. After she gets uh, news that Sergey's dead and everything, there's that scene where she's talking to her mother over the phone and she tells her mom, like, no, like, my friends are, uh, like, my I have friends, like, they're here with me now. And then the camera cuts to, like, a wide-angle shot of the of the living room and there's, like, nobody there with her. Yeah. And it seems like that's kind of, like, her choice. Like, she's just like, I don't want these people i don't want anybody around me
0: yeah because most people don't know what to say in a situation like that and they make it worse
1: yeah i i would have to agree with um her acting it did start off stiff i i was i i did start liking her as the as the show progressed um i did really like that scene where she finds um where she sees sergey's body Mm -hmm. and she just like cries yeah and that look genuine yeah it like did. even the way how sharp mouth was like left open you see the drool coming out you can tell like holy shit like she's she probably like, dug something deep yeah <laughs> some like traumatic <laughs> shit They're bring that up
0: also i bet you they didn't show her that body before that scene what do you mean what you know like to kind of shock her to see if it, oh, if it was realistic yeah
1: or yeah, not like, yeah.
0: like maybe it could have freaked her out a bit too to yeah. like try like it might have helped her even though she probably knew it was fake
1: yeah like, yeah Maybe, maybe she was like, Hey, the body you are gonna see, that's your dead husband. Or something like <laughs> that. Like really, if, if she's married. Mother. Yeah. Right. Just to kind of like convey those, pull those emotions out. Yeah. Um, a couple of people who I really do, I did enjoy watching. One is I, I, I don't, I've never watched parking Park Rec, parking recreation, but I am familiar with Nick Offerman's work. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this really great independent film a couple of years ago. That was pretty good. Um, but I love watching Nick Offerman in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen several clips of him. This very like Buddhist, very calm mind of thinking, and the way how he talks—it's very soothing. Mm-hmm. And to hear him talk like this, but turn it into like almost like a cult leader. Yeah, it's very almost. It was very hypnotic mm-hmm. hearing him talk, and like the intensity in his eyes too.
0: He is a really intense guy. He's, like, got that quiet intensity that you would say, like, it's the quiet ones that are going to kill you.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, he has
0: that kind of quiet intensity. Yeah. But you also feel comfortable around him. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm sitting here thinking you were mentioning him, and all that keeps coming to mind. And because you said that he kind of looked like the usual representation of jesus Mm. false prophet
1: yeah they they get they get into the idea because he he sees himself as a messiah i mean even the way how alex garland shoots him at certain angles Mm -hmm. like the scene where um you see him in the forest and those lights that are around the trees Mm -hmm. there's a certain angle where you see the light over nick offerman's uh head and it looks like a halo and it kind of gives like the sense of like a, of a false prophet.
0: Yeah. Well, and also whatever they're developing. Mm-hmm. He can see.
1: What do you mean he can see? Oh, you mean see the past and the future and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, there's even this really great part. I um I didn't realize it until after rewatching the um the show where um the character Lyndon um there's a scene this is later on the sh- in the se- in the series where Lyndon's talking to Stuart. and uh, Lyndon points out, like uh, he says, um, he says force is not a genius. He's just an entrepreneur. And if you really think about it, Stuart Lyndon, and Katie, Katie, they're the ones who actually created the machine.
0: Mm-hmm. He's just
1: the one that kind of like you can do it. Just do it like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it get, it does give a sense of like false profit. I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to sound sacrilegious, but Jesus only got noticed because he had 12 hype men. <laughs> <laughs> no he, he had those apostles like you can do it, Jesus. Look what Jesus did. He get all that fish. Yeah. So <laughs> those were the excitement.
0: Um, if we're gonna continue on the roll on the road of acting, mm-hmm. um, I'll say that I did not like anybody who worked at Devs.
1: Oh, you mean like Stewart or Linda? You like any of them? Didn't like
0: them. I, I liked thought they Stewart. were annoying as shit.
1: I liked Stewart. So i like stand, still sound
0: like a mouth breather like with <laughs> issues and shit okay like he probably takes a shower once a week
1: oh he,
0: he like he kind of grossed me out okay and then like in bickering the bickering mm-hmm. between him and katie and Lyndon, mm-hmm. like it was annoying and katie okay. was kind of annoying like the older sister really was kind of like a know-it-all Okay. I only began to really like her when you start to realize, like, when Lily came to see her.
1: Oh, when she came to see Forrest, Forrest and Katie was there and Katie had that conversation with her at the table? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the,
0: that's when I started to like Katie. Okay. I'm saying, like, in those surroundings, in those first few episodes where they're all together, mm. I just thought they were annoying coworkers.
1: Mm, okay. Like,
0: like, get out of my face. You guys aren't bringing me anything right now.
1: Okay. Like if you're a forest and that's where you tell them? Or is this like you, like your personal opinion of them?
0: That's my personal opinion. Oh, okay. Well,
1: like, I, I I liked I actually did like all of them. I liked Katie. I liked They Stewart. were so
0: vanilla. Really? There was nothing there was nothing interesting about them.
1: I thought it I thought Stuart was very interesting, especially closer towards the end where he was where he starts seeing the implications of what they fucking created.
0: Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I So, I didn't see anything about It's weird because they don't lead Mm. you to he's really starting to see it. Mm, Okay. Except at the very end, right? It's almost like uh, it was a uh, conveniently uh, written point where Mm. he was, I mean, he was kind of an old sage too, right? Mm. So he did have that, but one wouldn't say that's particularly interesting. Mm, Okay. But then like, you get to the end and he's like, right, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs>
1: okay, thanks. Okay, I I wouldn't see. I don't I don't say it like that because in the I I I felt like it was kind of leading up to that, especially like the second to the last episode, where they had perfected the machine and they had perfected the machine and they had um, what's his name like, Stewart was just like. Like, how, like, we can we we saw the beginning of time. We saw the beginning of the Earth. Yeah. And he even makes a comment. He was just like, everything that we know, everything we know is right here. And how we know everything's here? Because it's right here. And it's in a box. And within that box, is in a box. And he kind of kept, and you could see, like, his mind slowly, like, slipping. Because he started really thinking, holy shit, we created a machine that can see the past, present, and the future.
0: Yeah. Everybody was kind of breaking at that point, though. mm so, I don't think it was something that I totally, like, I might have missed it. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw no, yeah, I it, I him yeah. losing himself with everybody else. Yeah. So, I didn't think it was, like, a standout issue.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know? Yeah.
0: And he's pretty quiet most of the time. Like, he can, he can talk, like, in the beginning, if he's gonna argue with Katie, he'll mm. argue with Katie.
1: Yeah, there were times where he, there were times where he was actually celebrating, like, holy shit, we hit a milestone. He's, like, kind of happy about it. Yeah. But, Forbes would kind of, like, bring him down, like, no, this is not it. And it would, like, really, like, kill his mood and shit like that.
0: Yeah, because if it wasn't the end result, then it wasn't something to celebrate for him. Yeah. Which was really annoying. Um so yeah, that's what I thought about the rest of the acting. The acting, like I, I liked Forrest. Mm. Sergey could kind of take or leave.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I liked Jamie, but I don't know if it's because of his character that I liked him. Mm. Like he was just kind of like a, um, like a hopeful heart, I guess.
1: Yeah, he was still chasing, chasing um, Lily. Lily, yeah.
0: And I liked Lily. Um. And I could kind of take or leave. Anybody else? No. Also, I like the girl's the little girl's name.
1: Oh, Amaya? Yeah. And she's so cute.
0: <laughs> Her statue's not cute.
1: Oh, uh, that statue's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll throw you a bit of a curveball. One person who was acting I really did like hmm. was Pete, the homeless man.
0: You know, I did like him.
1: I like that. I like that guy's acting. Because uh, he really sold that ho- hobo role, yeah. Because later on, we find out he's a Russian spy. Yeah, I was like, whoa, holy shit! That <laughs> <I> was like,
0: <laughs> did not see that coming. Did
1: not see that, coming. but it was dope. It was so dope.
0: Yeah, he was like another. You felt like he was another layer <laughs> to add to the story.
1: Yeah, to the whole Russian espionage thing.
0: No, 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 to just the story. Oh, okay. Like okay. he's a layer, like like a like a texture, mm-hmm. like. He doesn't serve a purpose, but you see him every now and then Mm. for familiarity. Yeah, you know whatever because you need more than just the main characters to make a story. You need all the little Little other little pieces to come in.
1: Yeah, and he was he was a great sense of um, like because this because anybody can. I mean, this show comes off super serious with like little tiny itsy bitsy like little jokes, right? Mm -hmm. But um, Pete was the comedy relief. He was like a little bit of a like if the if the scene got too serious whenever like he would show up it'd be like oh okay like it's, it's a chance to like uh i don't say relief but like a little bit to like cool the tension
0: well except that one time when he met jamie
1: uh, i thought that was funny
0: i don't know i mean it kind of weirded me out a little bit i was like dude like like i would be afraid of you
1: what of jamie or
0: no the homeless guy
1: I thought that was funny because Jamie Jamie told him. He was like, dude, if I give you $10, dollars you stop talking to me forever. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he gave him a 20 and he still kept talking. Yeah,
0: no, after that, it was okay. Oh, okay. But before that, oh, yeah. Jamie kind of didn't know what to do.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It was,
0: yeah, it was awkward, but not in like a poorly written way. It was just awkward and that could totally fucking happen in
1: that way. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um. You you really uh, – you you've seen two of Alice Garland's work. Well, Alice Garland – well, have you seen 28 Weeks Later? No. Okay. So you've seen Dread, which he wrote and supposedly actually directed. And then you've seen um, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. which I remember, you, I remember you telling me that you loved that movie. That was a really great mm-hmm. film. Um, so you got a sense of Alice Garland's style. So what did you think about his direction for in a series format?
0: Uh – I love it because if I'm gonna talk about dread, mm. then I'm gonna say that that had a lot of the the storytelling characteristics that he apparently is his style.
1: What dread or Ex Machina? Dread. Really.
0: I think so. Visually, you know, like visually speaking, like I could see him in there. Okay. Um, I could see him in there, and then. That whole sci-fi thing with Ex Machina. Hmm. I really did like that movie. It, it was like a thinker too. Like mm. the cast was smaller.
1: Yeah, um, Donald. Gold, um, what's his name? Donald, not Donald Goldberg. Uh, his name escapes me right now. But Oscar Isaac. Um. Oh God, and the actress from Tomb Raider. Holy shit, Lord, forgive me. Um. Go on. I feel like I cut you off.
0: No, um that was just um jogging my memory mm. for Ex Machina a little bit. Oh, okay. Because um, I remember liking the movie and I remember bits and pieces about it, but I don't remember it that well. Um His whole sci fi thing is in there like in that movie. Mm. I like the whole tension there's tension in that movie. There's tension in Dev's like there's a whole, like, like a deeper meaning behind everything in Ex Machina. Yeah. As in devs. So, like, I can see the similarities. And then, like, even in Dread, like, I know it's... You're surprised that I could see it, but I, I still can because it's still kind of, it, it's still a futuristic world, even though it's kind of post-apocalyptic. Mm. Um. And there's still like a sense of weight that you feel in the mm. story. Okay. Um and I don't know. I I I still really I think his format's probably better in TV anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get I can see that because um if you if you watch this Okay, so if you watch Ex Machina, you got of get a beginning, middle, of an end, right? But you could see that you could actually see that into turn into a series, because Ex Machina talks about like it, it talks about God, but it more talks about the sense of like what is the soul, and creating life and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it's, right? it's
0: Like Westworld.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, and then in Annihilation, it kind of talks more about like humanity and evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way how Annihilation plays out, and, you know, that's an Alice Garland joint. Um, you could see that turn into a series. So uh, Devs uh, Devs is more of a better sitting because Devs is like a really th- a really good thinker. And it's a story that you've got to follow on this journey that you can't cram in for in like two hours.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, His movies are good, mm. but you always want more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's good that he's doing this now. It sucks that it's a limited series, but it's also mm. good because... Now he can move on and do something else, and he won't ruin this because things get ruined that go on.
1: Yeah, I be- I believe I I uh, read an interview um, with Alice Garland or a quote from Alice Garland, and he has said that he's pretty much done making film because it's it's such a bullshit game, and that he feels that his format is better put together for uh, for television. Yeah. So we, I I'm hope I don't I don't know what else is coming up for uh, Alice Garland. I know he, I take that back. I know he is working on another project. But I don't know what exactly what the name of that project is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um the I was telling you too, I think that he might have been like a cinematographer at some point.
1: Yeah, he had to be. Um I don't exactly know his 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 level of education in the film world or in film school or anything like that. But the um you can see he has a really good eye for cinematography, mm-hmm. especially how this, how this um, episode, uh, how the show was laid out, like the way how they made San Francisco look. Mm-hmm. It really made me miss San Francisco. <laughs> the night shots were absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um, what else?
1: Is there any particular shot that stuck with you for uh, devs that, he, that Alice Garland did? I couldn't pick one. <laughs> really?
0: Honestly, I couldn't. Um, I. You know what? what? I do have not a not a shot, but a scene. Mm. It's in the episode where they're having all of the different timelines play out at the same time.
1: Rob Hardy is the one who did the cinematography. Rob Hardy helped out with that. Okay. Oh, well, he's a cinematographer, but. Oh, oh, yeah. Rob Hardy? Okay. Y- you can see the connection, because Rob Hardy has worked on Ex Machina and Annihilation and, for I think, Dread as well. Mm-hmm. he I- B- has a lot of fucking shit underneath his belt. Um, no, I'm not seeing Dread in there. Anyway, go on.
0: Um, I could see... I like the scene where, like, the the scenes in that one episode where you could see the different timelines all playing out at the same time.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, the different the different versions of of Lily. Like, her relationship between Sergei and the relationship between Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so there's that. And then it kind of goes to um, Forrest. That one really caught my attention. Yeah, that was dope. How he's outside and he's talking to his wife about oh, he forgot to get milk, can she go get some before she gets home? And, and she starts saying, like, I don't like talking on the phone while I'm driving. And then all of a sudden you see him, like, walking back into the house or walking, you know, like running towards the car or walking yeah. out in the middle of the street. And you see, like, different cars flipping and, like, different – they crash different ways or they don't crash. They, yeah. like, stop short really fast. Like, oh, shit, like, the stop sign.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, from, from what I was getting and what I was kind of following forward into the show, um, because, uh, Lyndon, Lyndon and Forrest and, uh, and even Stewart, they have discussions about like the multiverse, about multiple timelines and stuff like that. And I thought, I thought it was really cool. Cause after like rewatching the show, you're seeing little specks of the multiverse kind of like showing, mm-hmm. like, for example, like you said, like the part where we saw, uh, Lily, we saw what the relationship was with, with her and Sergey and what was the relationship between her and Jamie, which that would kind of break my heart because you could see the the dissolution of the relationship between her, her and Jamie. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you see uh, Katie walking out of a classroom after they, after her and her teacher having an argument about...
0: The multiverse.
1: Yeah, they're having they're having a uh, discussion about what's called the, the Everett interpretation, which gives to the idea that there is... Every single choice made creates another choice in a different universe. So we're constantly we're we're constantly splitting different directions, mm-hmm. like a like an infinite tree.
0: You know, like taking the infinity stone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like how uh, out of its timeline. Like how uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, that or how like. Um, Dr. Strange saw, like, 14, different <laughs> 14 million different scenarios, and they only won in one of them. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. This kind of, guys, get you an idea. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we see that with Katie when she walks out of the classroom, and she's like, there's, like, six different versions of her, like, after she walks out. And we one version always ends up, one version ends up with force.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we see the one where we see the multiple crash, the different type of crashes that Forrest's wife and uh, Amaya were in, which was that that the visually that was amazing.
0: It was and kind of like really sad.
1: Oh, that shit was.
0: I was like, oh.
1: I, I hate that scene. That shit was so heartbreaking to watch.
0: Oh uh, yeah.
1: It's yeah, like his face, just like no, no, no. Like yeah, that was yeah. like, yeah, a, a father would definitely act <laughs> act like that.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, that would be my scene. What about you?
1: <sighs> what scene that sticks out the most? <laughs> you know what? Okay, I. Damn, man, I'm really trying to think about it. Um, okay, I would I wouldn't say it's one scene. I think it would have to be. Um, oh, uh no, no, because I. Um, okay, one, one. I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said. That's the, the your scene. I love those scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also. Um. Just, just seeing like the shots of San Francisco, like the night shots and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. the how he really like brought out like the the lights. Like, there's like a lot of sense of uh, yellow in there. That was pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one thing, I, one thing I thought that was actually pretty dope, and it's it's actually really interesting because it kind of goes into the religious aspect of the show, where Forrest, um, at one point, Forrest tell like they're doing the experiment on to try to like uh, get data from like these objects. Mm-hmm. And they're able to get the data from these objects and digitize it and to put it on on the computer.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he tells them, he tells them, go further. Like, I want to see more. And they expand the data and they get more and more and more and everything. And then the first, the first life form, the first actual living life form that the machine takes is Forrest's face. And when you see his face coming in, it looks like that cloth that laid on top of Jesus, and you can see Jesus imprint on it. Oh yeah. So, I thought that scene was really cool cuz it kind of like leans more into like the whole religious thing. Yeah. But I thought it was dope.
0: Um I think you should kind of give some of your religious theories. All
1: right. Um, so, all right, so this isn't a theory. This is something that I saw um, something I saw online. Someone was able to decipher a book that Lily reads. It's called Colossus. Um, The person types, when Lily's waiting for Sergey to come home from devs, Lily's reading a book about a huge statue that served served to evoke an individual's presence as well as his absence. The poem slash book is about a daughter mourning her dead father and her trying to make sense of this huge statue of her dad and try several means to get a response from the figure but he but she only gets gibberish from it she realized that the statue is just a storehouse of scattered memories and it's very difficult for her to recollect pretty much the whole plot
0: yeah exactly
1: (laughs) yeah i was like holy shit
0: (laughs) (laughs) they just reversed it It was you know father and the statue of his daughter
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um so okay so I'm trying to remember, whatever. Like, there's, there's so many religious Holy things.
0: Holy shit, you have like two pages full of stuff.
1: Well, that goes into the story. Oh, that, go, that goes into the thing I want to tell you about. Okay. So, um, so yeah, as, a sh- as the show progresses, it starts turning more into like, um, it starts, it starts focusing on this machine. And the machine they get working, it can actually see back in the past, it can actually see it in the future. And it kind of like really fucks with like the idea of what is reality or what is the presence and stuff like that. And Forrest really starts having this, this, um, theory on like determinism. Um, it was, it's weird because like, if you think about it, the reason why his daughter died was kind of his fault.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He didn't, he was on the phone with his wife and his wife was like, oh, I'll just talk to him when I get home. And he's like, no, no, you're like, you know, you're like 50 yards away from me. Like, you still talk to me right now on the phone. And her being on the phone, kind of like ignore the stop sign, and the car um, smashes in her car. Boom, they're dead. And it seems like Forrest is creating this machine because he wants to either not take the blame for his daughter's death, and he wants to make sure that what happened would have happened regardless of what happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then he kind of gets obsessed with trying to bring back his daughter, to type of like to, to try to like rectify that mm-hmm. instead of like facing the fact that. You know his his daughter's dead because he could not get off the fucking phone right, which it it, it starts it, it opens up the discussion of like, well, are you at fault for what happens, or were you just destined to fuck up
0: and he brings that up in the beginning too, when he finds Sergey Sergey took a picture, a bunch of pictures or whatever with of the his, data, his, yeah. yeah, and he goes, "I can't blame you." Forrest tells Sergey, I can't blame you for what you did because." Mm. Everything that has happened to you and everything that you've learned and everything that you are up until this point, mm-hmm. you were always going to make this choice. Yeah. And I just was hoping that you wouldn't. Yeah. It was just weird because you kind of get a sense. It doesn't make sense to me that, right? Um, the machine's not working properly at that point. What do you mean? It's still fuzzy.
1: Yeah, because haven't, they haven't cracked the code.
0: How did he know that Sergey was going to do that? And
1: that's the thing—he didn't know Sergey. Oh, yo yeah. Actually, you know what? They never really—they never really reveal how they knew Sergey had that on his watch.
0: But he even—I think—didn't he say he's like, you know, I even though I knew you were going to do this or betray me or whatever, mm. I was hoping that you wouldn't or something.
1: No, he doesn't go than that. He says he pretty much says like. He says, like, you, you, took, you took my trust, you took it, and you pretty much shat on it. But he, he still forgives him because he goes, what you got to where you are now and, and trying to steal my code, it's not your fault. Because circumstances led you up to here. Where you were born, your education, how you were raised, you were always bound to come to this point. And then he goes, like, it's okay. Like, I forgive you. So he's like making a. Uh, it's almost like he's telling himself, like no matter what you had did, it's all right because well, it's, it's like not your it's fault. Already
0: something that he's already told himself, actually. Yeah. Like you can you can, honestly, think of him having that conversation at night when he can't oh, sleep. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. In and fact, it,
0: that's what he does. He sits out on his porch and mm-hmm. drinks coffee or tea or whatever, yeah. and he can't sleep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you always got a sense that he like he always. It was almost like a, I don't say it was a necessarily a cop-out, but that's the way to kind of look at it. Because mm-hmm. what happened happens, you know, like the fact that um, Kenton kills Sergei. Kent, Kenton tortures Jamie. Um, Kenton throws Lily in a psych ward, all for devs. But mm-hmm. yet, um, uh, what's his name, Forrest was just, was just like, oh, I had him do stuff, but I just made sure I was not involved. Yeah. You know, I my hands are clean like um what's his name like Liam Dempsey from Westworld you know he had Colin do his do like kill people if he needed him to but he just didn't want to know it happened
0: yeah like plausible deniability
1: yeah absolutely so they create them they create this machine and it um, they end up finding out that Lily um, at, at some point Lily will die and the machine stops working and I thought that was interesting because I was like what are they getting to because it, because At one point, um, what is the girl's name? Katie. Katie said at one point that something that you do it essentially like the the something that you do breaks reality. It like destroys the fabric of like cause and effect. And they talk about cause and effect later into the show. And I thought that was really. I actually thought it was going to be like some little literal earth shattering explosion. Everything goes what. But they didn't do
0: that. No.
1: I thought that was cool, because it was like a very subtle way.
0: I thought it was it was cool. I They don't really do a whole lot to explain mm. how she could break the mold. Well. Like, what's so special about her, that she, she actually can have her free will, where everyone thinks they have free will. Mm, yeah. But they don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they find out, uh, uh. Uh Forrest and Katie find out that Lily will shoot Forrest like in the face. Yeah. <laughs> but like in the end, like she dies. Like th- there's this really cool uh way they have to get into the center of this comp the center of this building and it's like this kind of magnetized uh It's like an elevator
0: that goes straight across and yeah. up and down.
1: Yeah, and it uses like magnet to like float across. It looks really fucking trippy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's because they're they're it's vacuum sealed. Like there's yeah. no which I'm sitting there thinking, what about the plumbing?
1: You're right, they they have bathrooms in there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Maybe the maybe <laughs> Ah. Now you gotta be thinking of it that's that's the real mystery. What about the plumbing? <laughs> Okay, so, um, so they so Forrest and Kate can't find out why the why the machine stops working at the moment where Lily dies, Um, and there's this really creepy thing where like Lily like over like a circle. Oh, actually, I gotta we have to talk about this. Jamie's death
0: that was sad I
1: hated that I hated to see that I thought okay so I thought that the thing leading up to this death was really cool so uh, normally at the end of a second act leading to the third act the hero you know finds the will to push forward and to like defeat the bad guy right there's like this you know the da kind of moment right like mm-hmm. superhero kind of moment right they <laughs> she wanted to fuck the system by just staying home yeah. Yeah, because Katie and Forrest kept telling her, like, somehow you end up back at Devs and you die. Like, it's predetermined. you That's going to happen. And she's like, no. And her and Jamie stay home. And they, like, it's like they're, they, like, canoodling. Yeah, they do, like, this kind of, like, relationship thing that they, they, lost, that they missed out on. And it's, like, a really heartfelt moment because they're just like, oh, my God, this is so sweet.
0: Yeah, they're cute. Yeah.
1: And the fucking kitten kills them.
0: Yeah.
1: Ken, like, loses his shit, Forrest's bodyguard loses his shit, and goes after him, kills Jamie, gonna kill um, Lily, mm-hmm. and that's where we get all Pete jumps in.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you have to do exactly as I say.
1: Yeah, come to you find you out. You
0: need to, like, leave and go with your mother.
1: Yeah, and stay there.
0: Or stay here and you die yeah that's exactly
1: it. yeah and that's yeah because kind of find out pete was um also a russian a russian operative to watch sergey but then he said this really great line where he says my mission was to watch you not to protect and i failed that mission yeah and i was like whoa that's all fucked up yeah and he disappears
0: um i thought it was interesting right now what you said about the third act and the hero being called to action or whatever mm-hmm. and usually like there's this big scene and and they're like really like emboldened to do the things you yeah. need to do yeah and after jamie dies you see her like meekly almost walking into devs like yeah. it's pretty meek like it's really like okay like i'm surrendering to this like it's not like oh my god i gotta go there and you know mm-hmm. fuck everybody up or whatever it's like all right, I'm here. Now what?
1: Yeah, exactly. it um, like she, I think, I think at that moment, that's when she kind of just like let's go because Kate kept telling her like you end up back at Devs. Like we're not gonna tell you how, but you do. And when Jamie dies, or when Jamie's killed, she's like, "Well, shit, I guess they're right." And she just kind of just float, like she almost like just kind of floats along, like she's not even like there. Yeah. Um. So when we get to, uh, when we finally get to uh lily at devs um shows her like what's gonna happen next she takes Forrest out of the room puts him in the in the elevator and shoots him and i guess it it causes the vacuum seal to lose uh pressure or compression or whatever Mm -hmm. and then falls and she falls to her death and like that's the end of her story And what happens instead is she does it. She follows through. And Forrest's theory was determinism. You are on a tram line. You will not deviate. There are multiple universes, but in this one, you will not deviate at all. She fucking, she like fucks his whole theory out, out of the whole window. Because she like doesn't shoot it and that like blows it's, it's, so, it's so funny because it blew his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Like what? And everything like that. Yeah. To the point where like you actually got some real emotion out of it where he's like freaking out.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. Cause yeah, he's exactly. like, this isn't how it goes.
1: Yeah, and I think, and I think that's what that that is why the machine breaks. Because she's the one anomaly that sets her own path.
2: hmm
1: Um which, which leads to the idea that she was really the messiah. She was the one who was supposed to be different. That well, was supposed to be the I beginning. I
0: think even Forrest and Katie even kind of um, alluded to that. Really? I, I, think, I that. think they did. Like, not in so many words, but mm. like, you know, she was saying something about, oh, you know, you guys are the messiah. Like, you guys think of yourselves as that and mm. like the whole tech world and everything. Yeah. Um, but when Katie and um Forrest are talking about her and they're like in bed together and they're gonna go to sleep they almost talk about her like their child mm-hmm. and they like her and everything it's like they know she's coming they were waiting for her to come
1: mm, okay I, I don't see it like that but and like because
0: he doesn't see himself as a messiah per se he's mm. just trying to fix his own stuff okay like even though he kind of he's acting like one, right, mm. like like a fake one, like a false prophet, right? Mm. He's he's a false prophet. He's not Jesus. He's a, pros, a false false prophet, prophet. Yeah. Before the coming of the real Jesus, mm, okay. which is Lily. Lily,
1: okay. I um I see it a bit different. I I think that Forrest did see him as a messiah. He even makes a joke saying uh, he doesn't make a joke. He says something kind of agitates Lily. Uh, when they show the video of her killing him, and he says something like um, there's no good a messiah, a good messiah doesn't live, or something like that, pretty much saying like, when you kill me, I will become a messiah um, so I actually kind of, I I feel that Forrest and Lily kind of saw her like the, the not the antichrist, but the one who would end everything, but they were fine with that because it's determinism, it's going to happen
0: or like she was, uh, who put the um, who put Jesus up on the cross?
1: Some of the Romans.
0: Yeah, like she was the Romans mm. or something.
1: Oh yeah, or, or she could she could have been um, Judas, the betrayer of Jesus.
0: Something like that.
1: Okay, maybe.
0: Maybe they saw her like that, but but there was no animosity. That's the weird that's the thing that's throwing me off
1: well, I think cause I felt like they, there was an animosity because they knew they couldn't change anything. it they They felt like they couldn't change anything because what they saw what the machine showed them had was going to happen. They felt like no matter what they did, it was going to happen. so I think they had a, not that they didn't have animosity, I think they just became um i guess complacent to the idea of her
0: It seemed like they knew kind of what was they knew Forrest was going to die. Mm. And that was part of his plan
1: of mm. going
0: into another universe.
1: I don't think that was ever his plan. I don't think he he, he ever thought that he would go into the machine. Mm. Because at one point... Because
0: at the end, he's saying, well, we got a good one. Like,
1: Oh, no, like we had... I think he said, like, we had a good one, like we had a good time.
0: No, like we got the, a good timeline, like we didn't get a hell.
1: Yeah. Oh, but see... The reason, yeah, hmm. yeah, see, that kind of like leads, leads to the question of like, well, how do they know they were gonna get the good timeline? Because Well,
0: they didn't. He said we got lucky.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. We got lucky, but like, like Katie, because because when Forrest died, okay, so, um, so what ends up happening is that Lily doesn't kill Forrest. However, Stewart is the one that kills Forrest. He he stops the platform and lets it drop because he's like, this just gotta end because. We've created something that should not exist, mm-hmm. and to kill Forest would stop this from ever going any further, which doesn't do anything. Um, so, Forest Forest's data, which is essentially his soul, and Lily's data goes into the machine, and they essentially create like kind of like a pseudo heaven, which it's kind of trippy because like they give they give the idea that like they essentially created heaven, so it's like are they gods? And that's when uh, Forrest tells Lily, well, there are multiple versions. There, there's versions that's like hell, but we got the good we got We are looking at the good one, and they're, we're holding on to our information, like the memory that they had prior to ending up into the machine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is kind of trippy because that kind of actually kind of comes out of nowhere.
0: It does. Like, you don't expect it. Mm. Um. I don't know, why do I think, like, I, th- I felt like even when I watched it, mm. that he kind of knew something like that could happen.
1: I think maybe he started, because he was always against the idea of the multiverse, and I think that as time went on, he, he started, kind of started accepting it.
0: Yeah, which is weird, because it was not that long before he fired Lyndon for opening the multiverse.
1: Yeah, it it because I it took Katie to convince him because Katie took her took Lyndon's formula to like get sound mm-hmm. uh, clearly and applied it towards like the light algorithm that's that Lyndon got, that got yeah and I think that's when he started kind of like leaning the idea of like okay this is a multiverse kind of thing even though he 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 knew it was possible he didn't want to accept it but he wanted his daughter his daughter from that universe. Which he was kind of trying to bring her back to life.
0: Yeah, he was. But he ended up going to her instead of her coming to him.
1: Yeah, I thought I really liked that end. I thought that end was very sweet.
0: I thought it was sweet, but I thought it was very black mirror ish in a way. Mm, Yeah. And it also kind of then, are they real or is it just a program now? That's well. And so, like, Katie's like, because then the government people come back in. Yeah. She brought them in and said, I need you here because I need your funding mm. because the switch can never get turned off. Like they have to, we yeah. have to keep it going, mm. which is weird because an alternate universe wouldn't need a computer to run. I think it's more, I don't think it has anything to do with the universe as mm. really as it, as it does what you said before about, are we in a simulation, mm. you know, like the matrix?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think what it was is that because maybe that universe that we saw from the show that, you know, was present in front of us, I think that was supposed to be in this universe, we created the power to create a heaven. And so she wants to keep that moving. She wants to keep that active within that universe because maybe she felt she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to, she didn't, she didn't. She
0: didn't want to lose Forrest, even if she couldn't. Yeah, because she could see him. Yeah,
1: and Forrest is like finally happy with his family and his his daughter and everything like that. And Lily, after making that connection with with that reconnection with Jamie, because that was her ex boyfriend. Well,
0: she made it first. She was with Sergei, and she's like, "This isn't what I want."
1: Yeah, she like yeah she 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 goes with Sergei again and sees that Sergei is going to be on his path where he's going to get himself killed. And she goes back with Jamie.
0: Yeah. Which I thought
1: was perfect. I, just love I that did part. too.
0: My thing is, though, I just, the reason why I was thinking about the ending so hard is it, it's not, it's, is it real? It's just a computer program now with data.
1: Well, I mean, who's that to say that's not us?
0: But, well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The what if videos that you watch. I okay. saw one today about the black hole.
1: Oh okay. I'm. I'm, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen that one.
0: Okay. The whole idea of this video is what would happen if a black hole deleted the universe. Okay. And they use the word "deleted" because everything in the universe is information. Yeah. Everything is information, even Mm. though we say it's molecules or whatever. Mm. um, Coal and uh, diamonds are made of the same molecules they're just arranged differently mm. and that different arrangement is a type of data
1: so it's like a different arrangement of like zeros and ones right yeah which that was that that's kind of like the idea of what they were saying in devs
0: and so if everything went into a black hole the only thing is they don't know what happens when it goes into a black hole because they don't know if it stretches everything out mm. or does do you see like a little mini universe and it stores the information because they don't know it doesn't necessarily destroy information. Mm. It has to go somewhere.
1: It just like rearranges it, right? Or is do you that think just it
0: rearranges p- it, or like, is it lost because it rearranges it, or do, does it store it? Oh, okay. And so that I just made that connection right now because I'm like, okay, well, if that's if the universe is data, then who's to say we aren't in some sort of simulation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that theory multiple times even before like the Matrix mainstreamed that theory. There was always people saying that we are in a simulation. Um, uh, Philip K. Dick would cover that in his books, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and I that that like I said, that's what they lean into in devs, where they're just data from one location onto the next location, and they are there. Um, it's really trippy.
0: And they're real to themselves. They're real, and they retain their, yeah. their their memories. So yeah, and 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 you can't do that.
1: Uh, yeah, that that kind of goes into the whole. We were talking about, about like reincarnation, and how people believe in reincarnation. It's just your data being moved somewhere else, mm-hmm. but you're just your memory's is just being wiped out because you can never just get rid of data. It's right. it will always be there. Yeah, but people will find themselves as a bird, as a slug, as a as uh someone else's daughter someone else's son a father stuff like that mm-hmm. you know for all we know you know you know i was like an emperor of some sort
0: <laughs> yeah you wish uh,
1: pff, not good <laughs> all right so i said the i saved the best for last so the name lily uh comes from lilith
0: my favorite demon
1: we're gonna get into that. <laughs> so I'm gonna read you guys something that I found is very interesting. It's kind of lengthy, but you know, please cut in, Kelsey, whenever you want to. Okay, Lilith is an extremely, extremely controversial figure with the, with Jewish within Jewish folklore. Lilith's name is not included in the creation creation story of the Torah, but she appears in several uh, Midrashic texts. Her symbolism, history, and literature. Are debated among Jewish scholars, feminists, and other intellects. Although the figure of Lilith is commonly found in the Jewish folklore and Liddish, it is actually it is actually a Sumerian succubus. All right, so Lilith means night, and she embodies the emotional and spiritual aspects of darkness. This is what the this is what she's been she's been um, the idea of Lilith has been brought to like to present terror ca- terror. Terror, sensuality, and unbridled freedom. More recently, she has come to represent the freedom of feminist women who no longer want to be the good girls. Now, here's where Lilith comes from. Okay, there are multiple origin stories of Lilith, but the most popular history-told views Lilith as the first first wife of Adam. According to the first Eve story, Lilith was created by God from dust and placed to live in the garden with Adam until problems arose between Adam and Lilith, when Lilith tried to exercise her dominance over Adam oh I'm sorry uh, Adam oh, I'm sorry Adam tried to exercise his dominance over Lilith. One story tells that Lilith refused to lay beneath Adam during sex. she believed that they were created equal both from dust of the earth thus she should not have uh, to lay beneath him. Eve was created from Adam's rib
0: mm-hmm.
1: but in the Bible, it stipulates that Adam is the dominant one. Yeah. So Lilith was considered the first independent woman. The first, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that.
0: And she had red hair. <laughs> Probably, yeah. No, like they depict her with red yeah.
1: hair. Oh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen some pictures of her. After Adam disagreed, Lilith fled the Garden of Eden to gain her independence. Adam told God that Lilith had left and God sent three angels, Signo, Sancino, and Sam... Sam McGill to retrieve her. The three angels found Lilith in a cave cave bearing children, but Lilith refused to come back to the garden. It goes on, the angels told her that they would kill 100 of her children every day for her disobedience. In revenge, she said, to rob children of life and is responsible for the death of stillborn infants and crib deaths male children are at risk of lilith's wrath for eight days after birth until circumcision and girls are at risk for 20 days although lilith stole children's lives at in the night she agreed to not kill the children who had amulets of either of the three angels after the angels departed lilith tried to return to to, to the garden but upon her arrival she discovered that adam already had another mate eve out of revenge, Lilith had sex with Adam while she was while he was sleeping and stole his seed. Th- with this seed, she bears she bears Lilium, earthbound demons to replace her children killed by angels. Lilith is also said to be responsible for Mel's erotic dream and night emissions. Another theory says that Lilith is impregnated, thus creating more demons by a masturbation and erotic dreams. <laughs> so
0: so she sounds like someone who Republicans created.
1: <laughs> no, serious. That's what I was. That's what I was gonna get to. Because the fact that like Lilith appears to be, and Lilith has been known to be like this figurehead for for the feminist movement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know the idea of a strong, independent woman apparently scared people. So they made her see, look like a fucking demon, mm-hmm. even though she just wanted to be fucking independent. Yeah, which. It's Lily. Lily just wants to be independent. She becomes the the true messiah, and Dev. She becomes the true like anomaly, the true independent person away from what the computer can calculate. Mm-hmm. When I read that, blew my fucking mind. I was like, <laughs> "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> love that shit.
1: <laughs> this is what I love about religion.
0: You know where I first learned about Lilith? Where? I'll give you a guess.
1: Are you? You give me a hint.
0: It on a shirt.
1: Lilifair? Oh Lilifair. Okay, anyway. Um a shirt. I don't know where what? Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so supernatural is like your go to. Yeah, it's
0: something like, about you know religion and, yeah,
1: and demonology and shit like that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And Journey. The band journey?
0: Yes, yeah, his favorite band. Which one? Uh, Dean, the what? blonde.
1: There's a blonde one, the one with the long hair.
0: No, he has brown hair, dark brown hair.
1: Oh, okay, so the one with the short hair, yeah. All right, I like him. Journey's a good band.
0: <laughs> the one that always wears a leather jacket that owns a black car.
1: I don't, I don't watch the show, I just know what they look like. <laughs> the
0: good looking one,
1: I think they're both good looking. <laughs> You're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah that's our that's our whole discussion of devs <laughs> it went on it went on a bit long, but we had a lot to say about the show we did um, great show absolutely great show um, If you guys are still listening and you haven't watched it go, 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 go fucking watch it just go watch it
0: yeah, go watch it
1: go watch it.'s great stuff um, so you can find us on all podcast catchers mm-hmm. uh iTunes Podbean Spotify all that jazz um
0: What are
1: we doing next week? Next week. All right. So a little bit of a switch up, minor switch up. So next week is going to be the season finale of Westworld. Uh, I figured we would take the opportunity to talk about the show as a whole, theorize and kind of see where the show went and what it was trying to say, and smash that up against Demolition Man. The Sylvester Stallone Wesley Snipes and Sandra Bullock action film from the 90s uh, why are we going to do it uh, Utopia in, in an invisible prison mm. that's why
0: sounds amazing
1: oh that movie's so ridiculous <laughs> it's Wesley Snipes with the blonde hair
0: oh my god <laughs> you mean Cisco
1: yes before Cisco did it <laughs> he did, yeah Wesley Snipes did it before Cisco thought it was cool
0: Mm. All right,
1: so anything you want to add, Kelsey? You good to go? I'm
0: good to go. I'm
1: ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hit the mic. All right, so we are gonna bid you guys an adieu. Um, I'm gonna leave you guys with some words of wisdom uh, from Jamie, played by Jin Ha, in Devs. The cat's not gonna walk itself.